Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Y'all, what is happening? Um, Look, I'm just hitting record and we're going to get this thing going. And I got a melting pot of things because when I was on Instagram live the other night... I took requests and I was like, what do you guys want to hear? And man, you hit me with all kinds of stuff. And I think we're going to try to run down some of it today. I, I don't know. uh, I don't know if I'm going to cover it all because it's um, sometimes it's like, you know, I I have an idea of like what I'd like to say today. I have no clue. I'm just sitting down recording. It's rainy out today. Um, I'm actually recording today on August the 23rd, but this won't be out for a few more weeks. So, um, I hope you guys have liked the last two, three episodes, actually all, all the episodes really, but the last ones where I was talking about, um, your self care. And sometimes it can be, uh, it, it can be a little overwhelming if we are trying to take care of ourselves and we continuously miss the mark on that because we're trying to take care of too many other people in the process. So I hope you're, I hope you're able to find some balance. I hope those episodes kind of made, made a little bit of sense. And if they didn't shit, I'm sorry. Um, I had somebody tell me the other day, I got a message and they're like, Hey, checked out your podcast. Um, but it's a little raw and it sounded like a complaint, um, more than anything. And I immediately thought, well, then the podcast probably is not for you um, <laughs> because I don't give a fuck if it's too raw or not. I can tell you this is honest is 100 percent honest. So. I have been over the moon at my farm clearing land, right? And uh, for eight months, I've been clearing land by myself. And I've been talking about this since these podcasts started. And the other day I was out there, I was happier than the old saying than a pig in shit. And I don't know how happy, I mean, I guess, I guess that's pretty damn happy. And it was triple digit heat and it was triple digit humidity. And I did not go inside the entire day, sun up to sun down. I stayed out there hooking and jabbing, pulling trees down with the tractor, knocking trees over with the tractor, getting off, chainsawing trees down, backing the tractor up logging the trees to you know with a chain dragging them out to my field to where i'm going to do these uh burn piles the sun is just beating me down and i'm listening to music and i could not have been happier and i remember thinking 
in that in that in that one moment when I was driving out and I was burning up and I was like, "This is what the fuck I want to be doing." I just I'm alone out here and I'm I'm super happy and nothing's bothering me. And it's kind of strange because it's almost it almost feels punishing because it's that the, the work is that difficult and the humid the humidity is no joke. Um, it looked like you jumped in a pool at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, you're just soaking wet head to toe and all day and then, and your ass gets chafed and your thighs get chafed and it's just, but it's grimy, but I love that. And I don't know. I don't know why it makes me happy. I don't have the answers to that. I just know it, it, it's, that's my pleasure palace. And, and I get so much pleasure from it that I, I don't know if I said this on other episodes. I actually thought this is no joke. Okay, here we go. I know where I want to go. So I had a um I had a phone call with my therapist on Friday and we we had a she's pregnant and they're doing the covid thing, so we did a little FaceTime uh from the farm instead of me going in person. And I was telling her I said, "Look, I said I feel like um when I'm home, I've actually told my wife, I was like, I feel like something's wrong with me health-wise. Like I I'm, I'm not the same Travis I used to be." I said when I go to the gym, I have zero motivation. Uh, I don't really lift the way that I used to lift. I don't, I'm just not into it the way that I used to be. And and I started thinking maybe that's from doing fitness for like 22, 23 years straight and never taking a break. But I used to at least get motivated in the mornings to go. And now I'm skipping days left and right. I don't ever, I don't really go um, that often anymore because shit, when I'm at my farm, I mean, I get all the workout I need. But anyway, long story is, the short story is, when I'm home, I don't go outside. When I'm here in the city, I, I do not go outside. I have a beautiful little spot here, and it's but I just don't go out. And uh, I told her, I was like, I felt like something was medically wrong with me. And I, and I told my wife I needed to go get all my levels checked and all that because we were exposed to a lot of shit back in the day when I was on the job. And, you know, we've lost a lot of guys uh, along the way from cancer-related uh injury illness from the job and shit and I was like well you never know I mean so then the next day I went to the farm I had more energy than I've ever had and I I mean I grinded sun up to sundown two days straight barely stopping for lunch and just happy the whole time and I remember thinking I was telling my therapist there ain't nothing wrong with me I was fucking depressed and that's all it is and that's I don't, I don't like admitting that. I don't like admitting that, yeah, depression still gets me sometimes, but it does. And that's exactly what happens is I've realized like, hey, when I go home, it's instant. It's a snap of the finger. So today, same thing. I came home yesterday, um, got here at like two in the afternoon. As soon as I walked in the house, I sat down in my office, started doing paperwork. And before I knew it, I was in my lazy boy taking a nap. And that was never me. And this morning, I got up, went to the gym, ran to the post office, came back, and I'm like, already losing my mind. So, got it. You got to constantly, shit, I got some messages pouring in here. You got to consistently put yourself in a position to thrive, consistently. But I'm going to break away from that same old song and dance, and because uh, I talk about that shit a lot. And I want to get on to some of the questions that, that folks were asking me about. Um, on Instagram the other day when I asked the question, I'm like, Hey, how about some suggestions? And you guys hit me with a ton of them. So, uh, the first one is how to prioritize. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not good at really prioritizing, but I tell you what I am really, really fucking good at that's executing. And 
I don't know what it is about me, but I have the ability to, you put it on my plate, it's getting done. If I make up my uh, my mind to do it, like, hey, I'm doing this and this today, it's getting done. I don't really do the priority priority level. I think a lot of times the reason I do get burnout and the reason why I get overwhelmed a lot is because I try to do everything all the time. And perhaps this question makes me realize that, hey, maybe I should prioritize and maybe I should say, all right, what needs to go on the front burner and what needs to go on the back burner? Because I always have multiple pots on the front burner on high all the time. Here's something a lot of people don't know about me. When when you message me and I, I usually nine times out of 10, unless it's like a very, very long convoluted answer that I have to give, I drop everything I'm doing, no matter what it is, with my loved ones. I can be out at dinner. I can be doing everything. When I get messages, I stop and I address them right away. And I don't know why that is because I. this is how I feel. When I message somebody and I see that they saw the message, my immediate thought is, why in the fuck are you not replying right now? What in your life is going on that you can't stop what you're doing and reply? <laughs> And I know that sounds stupid and crazy, but that's why I give my utmost attention every single time I get a message from someone. And I know I need to be better about that. I'd love to be able to write out a list right now and say, okay, this is what's going on in my life. And this needs to be moved to the front and this needs to be moved to the back. But I don't honestly think I'm wired that way. I think I'm wired to address everything at the same exact time all the time. And that's that's where decisiveness comes in. I teach about decisiveness in my classes that I teach in, um, in post-traumatic purpose. I teach about the ability to make a decision. And sometimes we make decisions. They're not always the right decisions, but if any fucking decision is better than no decision nine out of ten times. I'm not saying all the time, but nine out of ten times, any decision is better than no decision. Um I do that with my kids. I'll, I'll do a countdown. If they're having a hard time deciding like what shoes to pick, I'm like, you got three seconds, three, two, one, you're done. And when you're done, you're done. And you, you've either decided or daddy's daddy decides those shoes or you're just not wearing any fucking shoes. I mean, it's stupid stuff like that. But I just don't know as far as prioritizing how to, how to go about that. I've, I've never... I've never been wired that way. And I think that causes a lot of stress in my own world. And I, th- I think a big, a big part about being healthy mentally is focusing on areas where you can get rid of stress. Nobody likes to be stressed out. And apparently I, well, I definitely don't. And I have tried to remove all stress. Shit. I removed some last night. I sleep in a different room in my house now. Um, Fucking dog barked because the dog sleeps in, in in our room, and the dog barked and woke me up and for nothing the the new dog, and I immediately woke up and my heart was racing and my mind was in a bad place and I immediately I didn't wake up to oh there's the dog is barking I woke up to where's the threat what is it where's everybody at and that's that's the hard part and so I immediately grabbed my weapon and I'm. I'm scanning for threats in my mind. I'm thinking about this. Do you know how hard it is for me to go back to sleep after that? And I know a lot of you police officers out there that listen to this, you're the same way. Um, you hear something, 
and it can be, dude. So when I'm case in point, I went to the new bedroom (laughs) and I was falling back asleep and the fucking AC cut on, right? Normally I don't hear it because the air handler is in the attic in in a different part of the house. Well, I didn't realize the room that I'm now sleeping in, that air handler's right over that, that, uh, bedroom almost. And so when it cut on, I get up again, I got my gun in my hand and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? And then I realized, Oh, that's the air handler. See, sometimes, sometimes we in this business do not have the ability to just pretend like everything's okay. And it's just going to be a nice, wonderful day. You know, we, we immediately see the bad in everything, everything. And that is exhausting. It's extremely exhausting and it fucks with your sleep big time. And the problem with that is when you don't get good sleep, you're not setting yourself up for success. How many of you out there have woken up in the middle of the night to just just trivial bullshit, but you turned it into a CQB close quarters combat training drill and you're just clearing every room in the house. You're pying off corners, you're button hooking left and button hooking right through your own house. And there's nothing there. And that, that's a fucking problem. (laughs) And I sit here and laugh because I know I'm not the only one. And the the level of fucking security checks that go on at night at my house, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. It it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I've talked with my therapist about that and we've had conversations where, you know, that, that hypervigilance, uh, just takes over. And, and she's told me, she's like, look, you've got to purposely try to not be so damn paranoid. And, it, and it's not even paranoia. It's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's your OPSEC. I mean, your operational security for civilians, right? We don't live in the normal world. That is the world that we were exposed to at some point or still are exposed to at some point. (laughs) And so it's hard for us to get those good nights sleep. I got a note. Somebody wants me to cover. How do I handle anxiety, man? um, (laughs) Very difficultly. It's hard to handle anxiety when anxiety hits you. I don't, I, so I don't, I don't medicate. Obviously I don't, I've talked about that multiple times. I don't believe in that shit. I believe in, I'm not saying that nobody should take medication, but I, I really think that I am strong enough to handle stuff like that when it's thrown my way. And I want to be in control of my thoughts and all of my emotions. So I choose to, uh, to fight that and I fight it alone. And oftentimes it's extremely difficult and it's very frustrating, but it's one of those things that that I just I choose to do by myself. Um, I know a lot of people, they take medicine. They, what happens is they become so dependent on that medicine that when they run out of that medicine and they're put into a situation where that anxiety hits them, man, they can have a full-blown panic attack. And uh, that's why I just don't rely on medicine anymore, or I actually never did, but I don't rely on the medicine. I want to be able to be have 100% of my faculties when I'm, when I'm facing this stuff. Um, what I'll choose to do a lot of times is just remove myself from the situation and breathe. Or I say a lot of fucking cuss words really quickly (laughs) and, and I get pretty pissed off. 
Um, and it could look like a borderline temper tantrum, but it's not. It's just my way of dealing with things. Um, I think I do think one of the best ways to stay out of anxious moments, obviously, is to be. You get, first of all, you have to be aware of the things that make you anxious, right? I know most of the things that give me anxiety, so I tend to stay away from them. Like, a, a, for instance, a second ago, I was coming back from the post office. I don't like going to the grocery stores. And, uh, there's a reason for that. And, um, all right, here, I'll be honest. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm in a, a building that one reminds me of the sofa superstore, right? Sofa superstore before it was, and that's the fire that killed my nine guys. Um, if you, for those of you that aren't listening, the sofa superstore before it was a sofa superstore was a grocery store. Okay. Um, well, inside this grocery store, they have steel truss beams on 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 the ceilings. A lot of them do. Okay, and when I see those steel truss beams, it gives me flashbacks. It's something as stupid as that. It's it's so stupid that you would think just seeing a fucking piece of metal. Yes, seeing a piece of metal, and so I start reliving things in my mind, and it and it just does not do me any justice. So I don't like going into grocery stores. Because a lot of times they're just a a shell um, of a building. The ceilings aren't closed in; they're exposed with with the uh, with the rafters, and it's the same same rafters that came down on our guys that night. And it's the same rafters that I had to cut my friends from underneath with saws and shit. And I hear those sounds. I smell those smells. I I feel the same feeling that I had that that night. 14 years ago it's that powerful and I just don't like it and not to mention there's a lot of people in there and I don't like being around a lot of people unless I'm doing something that I enjoy doing like an event that I do or classes that I teach comedy stuff like that I don't let these uncontrolled environments with a bunch of inconsiderate motherfuckers in the grocery stores cutting lines and cutting in front of you and not apologizing uh, for fucking cutting you off, um, you know. With their then they got their screaming kids and shit like that. And it's uh, there's just a lot of chaos really quickly, and I try to stay away from those situations. So a minute ago I had to go to the grocery store and I said, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just I'll come home." And that's what I did. I ended up foregoing that and, and coming home. Is that the right thing to do? No. Um, honestly, it's absolutely the wrong thing to do because we have to face things that bother us because the only way to get stronger is to face them. If we constantly cower down and we constantly run from them, then we're never going to face the things that bother us. Now, I don't do that all the time. Most of the time I do face every single thing that I need to face. But today I just, it's all right. This is, this is actually going somewhere. Here's, here's an example. Today I got caught by that drawbridge. Well, it gave me a lot of anxiety because I knew that was coming. I don't like being here. I don't like being in Charleston. I've talked about that many times. And actually, when I was coming back into town yesterday, I, I started thinking, I go, I know I'm going to go mail out my packages tomorrow, and that fucking drawbridge is going to get me. And so I built it up in my mind that this was going to happen, and it did. So after that happened, I'm already not in a good place. And that's why I chose not to go to the grocery store. I didn't want to stack that, right? So I talk about when I talk about trauma and how we stack traumas on top of each other, if you don't do something about that, bad things are going to happen to you, right? Not 
bad things are going to come your way. Your your behavior is going to uh, be affected by not dealing with those traumas stacked on top of traumas over the course of a career. Well, it's the same thing with anxiety. When you stack anxiety, anxious moment on top of 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 anxious moment, man, it'll drive you fucking crazy. And it can certainly alter your behavioral pattern. And I know this. So I purposely chose, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to decompress for a little bit and calm down for just, just a hot minute. And then I'm going to go to the grocery store. So I'm going back to the grocery store. I'm going to face that bitch. So I, I personally think the best way to control anxiety is to knock out all of the little things. Control the little moments that affect you and don't let them build up into bigger moments. That way, when the big moment does come, you're not overwhelmed. And that's that's how I handle it. Uh, I just... I used to try to... um. I used to try to shoulder everything, no matter how how hard it was or how um, how heavy it got. I was like, "Fuck it, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can." And that's when that's when I realized you 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 just can't you can't handle it all. That's why I purposely made the decision today to not go to the store when I was feeling the way that I was. I was going to go come home and I was going to get right. And once I got right, I'll go back and. I know I'm going to go to the store and everything's going to be fine. But if something happens when I'm there, at least I'm not going to be on edge. I'm not going to be already amped up. And that that protects my that protects me. And I think that's how we have to approach anxiety when we know the things that make us anxious. Now, a lot of times there's going to be things that are outside of your control, things that are going to happen. It happens to me all the time. And when that happens, I just try to remove myself from whatever it is that's causing this inside of me. And I just try to breathe a little bit. And hopefully that's, uh, that advice will make sense to some of you. And you can kind of get into a place where you can start controlling that. Um, somebody else wanted me to talk about selfishness. Now, the last two episodes, I've, I've really hit on selfishness. Uh, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But... There, if there is one thing that I have, I have absolutely learned, and and I'm I'm working on it all the time. It's learning how to have the appropriate amount of selfishness, right? When it comes to mental health, not, hey, um, I need all all the all the fucking uh, things in the world, and nobody else deserves any. That's not what I'm talking about. Hey, um, we need to always eat at the places I want to eat. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it comes to your time, right? You need to be selfish with your time. And stop trying to do so much for everybody else because the main person that you neglect, the one that is able to do what they do and take care of other people in ways that you need to be able to take care of them, if you're not selfish with that time, you're never going to be right and you're not going to be the best you that you can be. Um, If this is a topic that you want to hear more on, check out the, the previous two episodes and I really, really, you know, get down and dirty with with being selfish. I have a hard time with it. Uh, I know I need to do it, but it's the guilt that gets me when I am selfish, the overwhelming guilt that, hey, I'm getting to do this and they are not. And I feel bad for that. But then I also have to think, well, look, I've been through this and they have not. And even when I try to justify it that way, it 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 doesn't make it any easier. But I think the more that 
I work on it, and the more that I try to find that 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 balance, I think they they start to understand. So go check out those other two episodes if you want to hear more about selfishness. Um, somebody wanted me to talk about bad habits. Now this is a cool one because there's a lot of bad habits out there. We all have them. Um, try I try not to be judgy when it comes to people's bad habits because um, you know I've had them. I certainly have them. Um, I'm not a I'm not a smoker. I'm not a tobacco guy. I never have been. Um, I had one really bad habit and that was alcohol and it turned into, it turned into an abusive habit, obviously, cause it, it, it can, it can have that effect on many people. Um, and it got out of control for me for a long time and I'm no, I'm no magician when it comes to, uh, making your bad habits disappear or even making mine. I think what it came down to for me is I had the willpower to stop doing it. And I had the, the positive mindset going into it. I didn't say, well, I just want to quit drinking and I don't know why. I actually gave myself a bunch of reasons why I wanted to quit drinking. And I actually put it on paper one time. I wrote pros and cons. And I'm, I may have talked about this in a substance abuse episode. Um, that's how that's how you know your podcast is, is getting out there. It's, I've recorded... I don't know about getting out there, but I've already forgotten a lot of the shit that I've talked about. So I may reiterate some stuff. And for that, I do apologize, but I guess sometimes it just comes back. But when I was, when I was trying to quit drinking, I was a good time party boy. I loved it. I loved, I was life at a party. Uh, I could carry on conversation with, and I was, and I was in a fucking dark place too. That's just the thing. I was still fucked up. I was very fucked up and I was still very fun. But then there was also this evil side of me that was just on the other side of that um, that glass. Every sip that I took, that whoever I may have been talking to got a little bit closer to flipping a switch, and I was out of control. I'll be the first to admit, I I could I could flip on somebody so quickly, and it's not something I'm proud of. That's that's one of the reasons that I quit drinking. That was one of the reasons I put on paper many years ago. It's that I didn't like. Who, who I would become. And I wasn't always, I wasn't always that guy. I was, I was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't a guy who couldn't handle my alcohol. That wasn't it. The problem was it put me into, it put me into these dark, dark, dark places. And when I would, I would be at functions, right? I would be drinking and then I would start picturing people without faces, right? Because my friends, all their faces were burnt off in that fire and I would start seeing people. So I would start imagining their skulls. When I was having a conversation with them, I would imagine their skull talking to me. And then I would start imagining them without heads and having a conversation. And that's what the fucking alcohol was doing to me. It's just, I'm not saying I was hallucinating, but I would start thinking like this and I wouldn't hear the words that were coming out of your mouth. I would more like just kind of be, be there in the moment, shaking my head. That's when something started changing inside of me. And then for me to try to get away from that, I started drinking even more because I knew that night I wasn't going to be able to sleep. And I was, I knew that night things would be coming for me. Um, so that's just a little, uh, itty bitty glance into why I quit drinking. And when I did, here's what I did. So I wrote, I wrote pros and cons and here's the God's honest truth. The pros column was absolutely empty. There was zero reason that I could show on paper in my own writing what benefit alcohol played in my life. And then the cons section 
it was a page long. I, I thought of every single thing that I could think of. And it was just, I could have kept writing, but I was like, that, that's enough. I don't, I don't need any more convincing. I couldn't come up with a single reason why I should continue to have another sip. And I think what most people, it's social pressure. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said this to me. Now, this is, nobody really says this anymore because I'm an older adult now, but you know, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in almost 10 years. So when I was in my mid thirties, not drinking, you still got this stupid, immature stuff. What are you pussy? Like, yeah, I'm a pussy because I quit drinking alcohol. That's a, you're exactly right. I'm a fucking pussy because I, I decided that I don't need something to make me feel like myself. And I don't knock people that drink it. I, I do knock people that abuse it. Um, I think that I was once there and I think that we make a lot of excuses for ourselves and we have pity parties and that's why we can't get away from the bottle and, or get away from whatever substance that might be controlling ourselves is because we're not strong enough to face ourselves in the mirror. So we just reach for whatever crutch that we can. And I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, but now in my forties, when I tell people that they're like, Oh wow, congratulations. Cause I think a lot of people get it. They they've, they've been through those stages themselves. And a lot of people I've had tell me, man, I wish I could. And I'm sitting there thinking, I, I fucking hate that for you because you can. And I don't, you can let it go. There's, my mother smoked for fucking 20 something years. Well, she just quit. She said, fuck it, I quit. And my dad did the same thing. And neither one of them has smoked in 20 years. I mean, they just both, they smoked for 20 years. They quit just like that. I'm not saying these things can't get a grip on you. Look, alcohol certainly had a grip on me. But I certainly, I can be the same Travis I am without alcohol. I don't need alcohol for me to feel comfortable around you. And I think that's why a lot of people do that. They take that edge off. They want to be a little more loosey goosey. They want to be a little more fun. They want to be a little more edgy and they're, they're a little more reserved and to break the cycle of that reservation, they need a couple little whiskeys in them, a couple of them little goddamn margaritas whatever it takes i can tell you you know hey we're gonna turn this bitch into a swinger party tonight and i'm completely sober i can tell everybody that in the neighborhood and i i don't need alcohol to do that like i, I hey look i'm fun either way we all want to do the swinger party or what and i don't think i haven't walked into my friend's houses everybody's drinking and i'm completely sober with a bowl and i throw my keys in i'm like hey everybody put your keys in god damn it we we, we and then then it's only two dudes put their fucking keys in. And I'm like, God, what the hell's happening? And what what's going on? People like this ain't the swinger part. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I'm getting at? I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. I'm making jokes now, but I can be me. I, and that's what I, I realized. I didn't need that shit. So I quit and I, I highly encourage you. It's, that's one of the best decisions I can honestly say that I've ever made in my life was, was, was quitting alcohol because you know, I came up as a Marine. I came up as a police officer, fireman. I had a lot of great drinking stories, a lot of them. But I think I have a better life now because I don't do that anymore. I'm 100% in control of my faculties at all times. And I'm not a guy that really, honestly, I don't need that. I can't, I can't risk having that stuff in my body because of the, the risk that I face with it. And that was, I mean, that was another deciding factor. Um, I'm more likely, 
a dude like me is more likely to overreact to something because of that shit. And I don't want to be that guy. And if you ever notice me, people always ask like, Hey man, if you're in town, let's go out for beer. Nope. I don't do that. And I've had people, I've had people actually get mad at me on the road because I won't stay out after an event and hang out. I actually, I, look, I'm going to tell you, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 100% honest with you right now. I lost the opportunity to, I'm not going to say where, but this is, this is a fact. I lost the opportunity to perform and I lost the opportunity to educate after some, um, some folks from a, from a conference. I won't say what they asked me to come out one evening with them and have beers in the hotel. And I said, no, I was like, I, I can't, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back and get some sleep. And I remember, I'll never forget. They fucking looked at me like I sold out on them. They looked at me like I wasn't a team player and I have, I have my values. I have my beliefs that may be good for you. It's not good for me. And I don't need to sit here and justify. I don't need to sit here and explain why I don't want to be in that situation. And that cost me. And it, it, it cost me a, a very good conference where I could have educated a lot of people on mental health. And, and it's kind of fucking sad because I didn't play the game, but I don't play the game. You guys know me. I'm as real as it gets. And it's, I'm going to be who I am. And I'm not, I could have went. Yeah, I could have went and I could have just had water and I could have stayed there around all these people being loud and obnoxious and all that. But what's that do for me? That puts me in a bad place. It puts me in a place I don't want to be. And it puts me in a dangerous place. And I just don't need that. And I think once we realize that, you know, peer pressure plays a big part in our life, even as adults. It's not just kids, you know, like, hey, try this, try to do this and do this to be cool. We also, as adults, we're put in situations where we feel like if we don't do this, that could affect my income. It could affect my my livelihood. And you're fucking a right. It can it, it affected mine and I knew it was going to by the way they looked at me and I still said, fuck it. And I didn't do it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm the model example to live by. Cause there's plenty of other things I've done in my life that's affected my income and affected my ability to, to go and help other people. But, um, that was one instance I know 100% without a doubt that because I didn't drink because I didn't, um, play buddy, buddy that, I didn't get a contract on something and that's fine if that's the way they want to be. But the problem is other people suffered for that. It wasn't, it wasn't me, other people that need help and that need to get, need to hear a certain message and need a certain education and need certain things with what I have to give. They missed out on that because the higher ups got their feelings hurt because Travis didn't want to drink beer and it's not anything personal. It's just, it's a health issue for me. I can't do that. And I won't do it. Here's a cool topic that uh, that I like is someone requested. Travis, can you talk about goals and putting a plan into action? Hell yes, I can. Let me tell you something. I may not be good at prioritizing, but I can put a fucking goal and meet and meet it. And I'm telling you, and this is something I can I can speak very, very confidently in. Or very confidently on. There is nothing to date in my life that I know that I said I wanted to do that I haven't done. And that's because when it comes to myself, I'm a doer. If I say I'm going to do it, I know it's going to happen. 
I don't procrastinate. I find a way to make it happen. I don't, I don't come up with excuses. I think a lot of people, a lot of times, the first thing that they, um, they resort to is, well, I can't afford it. And it's like, it's not that you can't afford it. It's that you can't find a way to make it happen. Why don't you say, well, if I can't afford it right now, that's not to say I can't afford it later. And start working towards affording whatever whatever it is you want to do. I don't have everything in the world. But I promise you, I have everything that I want and everything that I need. And I've never, I may have done without for a long time on a lot of things. Because I wasn't financially in a position to get it then. But that didn't stop me from going to fuck after it. And that's what I do. I get the fuck after it. And I don't, I don't spend a lot of time making excuses for not being able to do things. So if there's something you want to do in your life, you are the only thing stopping that from happening. That's it. There is literally no excuse that you can come up with. When you see people with no legs swim in the fucking English channel, I saw that happen. I don't remember the girl's name, a young lady. But when you see that happen, tell me your excuse again. You know what I mean? Um, do I get, Oh, this is going to, this is going to transition nicely. Check out how this shit got set up. I didn't even plan this. This is, this is the universe. Do I get demotivated at times? Do I lose motivation? Do I suffer from lack of motivation? Fuck yes, I do. And that hits the next topic. How do you stay motivated when you're not? Before I get to the motivation, I do want to hit on some goals, though. Like, So I think one way to stay, maybe I'll still talk about motivation parallel with this. I think one way to stay motivated with goals is to not create goals that are so far out of reach they seem impossible, right? And what happens is you set a goal. What if your your goal is money and you're 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 in a you're in a fucking job where you're not making much and you're like I want to make a million dollars. Well, you're not going to make a million dollars doing the same forty thousand dollar a year job that you do day in day out seven days a week, right? So you have to make goals. You got to start investing. You got to start making a side hustle, okay? And then you start creating a little bit more of financial uh, freedom on the side, and then maybe one day you're able to transition to a better paying career or even working for yourself, which I'm a huge fan of, um, to where you can start approaching the possibility of doing that. But if you never make the small, the small investments, right? If you never have the small goals to get towards your large goal, that large goal is always going to seem impossible. And it's always going to seem way out of reach. So instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to shoot for the fucking million dollars, right? Why don't, why don't we back it down and say shoot for the 100 grand, okay? Shoot for the 100 grand and put yourself in a position to actually really possibly within a year or two make that happen. And then once you get to that goal, set another little goal. Like I'm going to do another 50. And then before you know it, you're at the 150 grand mark. Now, I know that sounds easy talking about it right here, but when it, when it comes down to it, life gets in the way right? And curveballs are thrown at us and you have this expense, doctor's expense, cars break down, your fucking car is paid for. And you've, you've been trying to do the right thing. If you're doing that bullshit, Dave Ramsey, no, I shouldn't say bullshit, but if you're doing the Dave Ramsey program, I don't mean to knock people that are doing that, but whatever. Um, 
if you're doing the Dave Ramsey program and you're paying for your car cash and all of a sudden seven years goes by, now that car that you bought cash is now a piece of shit and now you got to go buy another car, okay? So that car, all it did is bought you six or seven years of freedom, but if you didn't use that money in that six or seven years' time to work that 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 that, that money that you uh, would have been paying towards car payments, if you didn't do something productive with that money and invest it the right way and you just sit there and pissed it away like, well, now we got money to eat dinner every night and go out and go shopping and buy clothes and do all this shit and all this irresponsible spending don't get me started on 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 finances and spending that's one <laughs> i go fucking crazy um then seven years from now you got to buy another new car and what did you really do you 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 now you're going to go 14 years without a car payment but you piss all your money away. Don't, don't even get me started this is not an investment strategy podcast this is real life real shit right so all i'm saying is make make achievable goals it's okay to have tough goals. I set tough goals for myself, right? Um, and I have things that I work towards. I'm working towards one right now. It's very, very tough, but I know I'll get it. And I ain't going to get it overnight. And the beautiful thing about setting goals, nobody can take that from you. When you achieve that, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So what happens when... Um, when reality starts setting in and we got these goals and it, they don't seem achievable and now we have no motivation and you're down in the dumps and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you feel like quitting and you're like, all oh, this was pointless and why, why, why should something good happen to me? And you start, you start getting that whole victim mentality and start, you know what I'm getting at the fucking pity party parade. How do you stay motivated through all that? And the answer is simple. You are your worst critic and your worst nightmare. And I think what we got to do and me, hey, I'm guilty of it too. Step back and look how far you've come. You may not have just completed the marathon, but you took the fucking steps and you tried. And most people can't even recognize that they came that far, that they gave themselves or they, they actually took a chance in themselves. All they, all they, all they really see is the failure and they see what they didn't accomplish. And that happens with me all the time. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not saying that I'm always motivated because I, I, I'm, I'm very, very hard on myself. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, dude, you are so hard. I'm like, if I'm not hard on myself, who's going to be, I expect more from myself than anybody has ever expected me. I expect nothing but the best and anything less than that. It's just unsatisfactory. And so when I don't meet certain standards in my own life, yeah, I, you know, and I fall short, I beat myself up. But I also know to, to step away from it and look at the whole picture and be like, all right, dude, you may not be there yet, but look how far you've gotten. Look how far you've come and how many people would have just quit and how many people would have given up. That's that United States Marine in me that you will never fucking take from me. And that is why I'm so passionate about the fucking Marine Corps. They instill that shit in you, that never quit. Like, I, 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 can, I can't tell you. I will never fucking stop doing things. You won't hear me say I quit, I give up, oh, just too fucking much. If I commit, I may, I may look at something and be like, yeah, I'm not fucking with that. And that's fine. I may say, look, I don't really want to build a skyscraper because 
that's not me. But I'll tell you right now, if I told you I was going to build one, that fucker will get done before I die or or I'll die trying. But I'm not going to overcommit to something like that. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to build my barn on my farm and I'm perfectly capable. It's a matter of what we said earlier, prioritizing. And so I got to work on this. And I right now I'm working on fencing and everything, but I want to build my barn. And sure, I could have somebody come in there and do it. But I want to do it. I want the challenge. I want to be out there by myself, me and my tractor, lifting beams and lifting logs and doing all kinds. It may take me 12 fucking years, and the horses may die because they don't have any shelter, but I'm going to build that goddamn barn. And I think the way to stay motivated is to be proud of yourself. And the only way to be proud of yourself is to step back and look at just how far you've come, what you've accomplished in life. And it may be small things. Hey, guess what? You may not be sober for a year, but if you're sober for two days, that's more than you've ever been. Be proud of that and be proud of that achievement. And I know a lot of people think, well, that's insignificant. But, dude, if you've been drunk your whole fucking life and all of a sudden you're two days sober, hey, that's kind of a big deal. So find the time to celebrate small victories. And I think I think that that'll keep you motivated. It, it, it works with me. You know, I wanted to do this podcast, right? When I started this podcast, I said, I want to, when I hit record for the very first episode, Parenting with Post-Traumatic Stress, I had no idea what, what was going to happen with this. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I, I don't have the biggest following in the world with this podcast, but I do know that there's an audience for it. And what I thought, I said, you know what? I'm not going to focus on getting the biggest audience in the world. Don't care about that. My focus is getting to the people that want, to hear this message and the people that understand it and the people that get it. The person that told me the other day, Oh, it's a little too raw. Well, fuck it ain't for you. And I don't care because it is for people. It's for certain people. And so that motivates me to keep hitting record episode after episode after episode. And I made a goal. I'm going to do a year. I will do a year's worth of episodes that will release every single Monday. And I won't stop. I actually thought about it this morning when I was at the gym, I go, damn, do I have it in me to do 20 more episodes? I don't know, but I know me. I'll make it fucking happen because I told myself that's what we were going to do. And so when I, when I hit stop on this episode, just, just to motivate myself, I'll go to my Rolodex and I'll scroll down the episodes. And now I have to literally scroll to see all the ones I've recorded. And that motivates me to come back and hit record again. Small victories, baby, small victories. How to remove blocks from your life was another suggestion. So, you know, we talked about, I think I covered some of this in investing in your mental wealth. And I think uh, blocks off also refers to is like toxicity and toxic environments and when to know the difference between an asset and a liability. Um, and that's, it's pretty simple for me. If it, if it adds zero fucking value to my life, I get rid of it. I, I do not, it, it has no room in my life. If there's no value, I don't want it because if it doesn't carry value, it devalues you. And I don't know if this person was asking from that standpoint, but investing in your mental wealth was actually an episode that I recorded. I would recommend going back and listening to that. But if you're talking about blocks from like a stagnant standpoint, like what happens when, when you become stagnant and you hear about this, especially with comedians, man, I have writer's block and I have, 
I have no more creative juices. And it's like, oh, fucking well, um, then you need to figure something out because I think sounds to me like you're getting complacent and complacency kills. I haven't written a new joke in a long time. And that's because all the old jokes still work. I just went to Indianapolis, asked them. They gave two fucking standing ovations. I mean, they had a great fucking time. And the way that we look at it in comedy is the jokes may be old, but the audiences are still new. So until I'm playing to audiences who've all seen all of my material, I'm not going to drop all of my old great jokes because there's still really good fucking jokes in there. For the most part, if I have 100 people in an audience... 98 of them are brand new. So why would I fucking drop all the good stuff for for the two people that have seen it and the 98 who haven't? Does that make sense? Shit, maybe it makes sense to me. Um, from a creative standpoint, uh, my mind is always working. I'm always trying to create new things, new opportunities, new ventures, and I, that's what makes me feel alive. And that's why... I, so we're working right now, me and my team, we're working on some very exciting news that I want to tell everybody about. And I don't know, maybe I'll be able to tell you by the time this one comes out. I don't know. We just don't have a timeline on it right now. And I'm really trying to go above and beyond to keep the momentum going with what I'm doing, with the message that I have, because it's helping people. And I just want to keep helping. And I think I think we get stale and we get stagnant and we get so comfortable doing the same things and because there's security in the same thing, right? There's there's that sense of you know what to expect from yourself by getting up every day and doing the same exact thing. Well, if you introduce something new to that, then there's that whole what if thing. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if it's an all self-doubt and and I don't I just don't play that game. I'd rather wake up in the morning and say, "All right, I want to create new opportunities." And I don't want to be stagnant. And I think that's how you have to look at the blocks, right? Because the blocks, we get so used to doing the same thing that it's hard for us to to imagine doing anything differently. So it's easy for us to be blocked because we don't challenge ourselves enough. So I would recommend challenging yourself some more. Challenge yourself more in life. And I don't sit not in this, don't go climb a mountain. I'm saying just new challenges in life will probably free up some of that blockage. So I have another I have another note and uh this is from a buddy that that follows me on Instagram and we follow one another and uh so I want to make sure I, I I phrase it right, I frame it right cuz I was taking notes really quickly, but his um he told me his best friend committed suicide recently and like very recently, like a week ago recently. But by the time you hear this, it'll be like several weeks. Um, and his, his point was play to your strengths. Don't try to be everything to everyone. And I don't know if that's what happened to his friend. I'm not going to speculate, but there is no truer statement. If you try to please everybody in your life that around you, like you, you hear about the yes, man, that'll drive you fucking crazy. If you're not enough, just being you, if that isn't enough, then fuck them. I mean, that's that's how I live my entire life. Hey, if you don't like Travis House, that's fine. Then the feeling can be mutual, motherfucker. But guess what? I'm not going to lose sleep over it, and I'm going to keep pressing on. I don't need your approval. I'm a good dude. You're a good dude. But we don't need to approve each other, right? We don't have to pretend to be something we're not. If me being... Uh, a little rough around the edges offends you, then fuck, I'm sorry. Go be around fake people because that's not going to be me. Um, 
and play to your strengths, right? So you all, as leaders, we all have strong suits. And that's, that's why I love this, right? So leaders, you need to be, you definitely need to know what your strengths are and you need to know what your weakness are. And you always play to your strengths, right? But that doesn't mean that you avoid your weaknesses. You always try to strengthen those weaknesses. And the way to do that is by allowing other people around you that can help build those build those weaknesses. Um, I think some some of the weakest leaders are those that try to do everything and they're they're intimidated by putting other strong people around them. And I don't like I don't like seeing that. Um, I don't like seeing leaders that um, make you dependent on them. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of depth on that because I'm not I'll get into a a pissing pissing match over it. But um, I think a really good leader is not threatened by other strong people. And it only makes the team stronger when when everybody's strong, right? They say you're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, some there's some leaders out there that like to keep people weak because it it keeps them it keeps the weak dependent on them, right? Where other leaders are like, hey, we can all be strong together and we can help ourselves in our weakest moments, and that is what I believe in. I believe in strengthening other people around you. Now. In the businesses I've been involved in, I've seen it, and I've seen it very fucking recently. And without y'all know me, I don't I don't drop names. But you can you can see people for who they are really quickly and very transparently. That some people are threatened by other strong people, and I I I don't know. I just maybe I just I've never seen it that way. I just kind of. I like seeing strong people. I like seeing people do good. I, I'm not that crabs in a bucket mentality where when somebody gets out of the bucket, we pull them back down. I actually, I, I'm usually the guy underneath trying to push you out of the bucket. Like, hey, get the fuck out of the bucket and throw us a rope and and let us climb out and all be strong together and thrive together. But some people just want to get out of the bucket and leave everybody behind. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. I got this on my paper because uh, somebody somebody said this, and and it really hit home when I saw it come across my Instagram screen when we were doing the live, taking suggestions. And uh, so I had a friend in comedy. His name was Spanky Brown, and he died. He actually died in um, Newport News, Virginia, just before going on stage. He um, he died in the condo where he was staying. And when Showtime got there, um, when it was Showtime. They were looking around for Spanky, and Spanky never showed up. Now, Spanky, I worked a lot with him over the years. He was a good dude. He died in the hotel. I believe it was a heart attack. Um, and he helped me uh, when I was young in my career. He made some phone calls on my behalf. He vouched for me, um, and, 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 it, and it helped me tremendously. And one thing he, he told me, I'll never forget, we were in Greenville, South Carolina at a show. We were backstage, and he goes, you know what? Young man, I'm going to tell you, the hardest thing you're ever going to learn in this business is learning how to say no. And he said, because you're going to be eager and you're going to be hungry and you're going to want to work and people are going to want to pay you nothing. And they're going to dangle the carrot for you. And you're going to say yes to everything because you just want every opportunity to do what you love and be on stage. And he goes, but at some point you got to realize people are fucking you and they're taking advantage of you and you've got to tell them no. And there's more respect. You'll get more respect from telling people no than you will from telling them yes. And I remember, I'm, fuck, man, it gives me chill bumps talking about it. But there, I, that's so true. Know your value, know your worth. 
and know how to say no. Understand that you saying no doesn't mean you're an asshole. It doesn't mean you're inconsiderate, but it means that, look, I just can't drop everything I'm doing in life to accommodate everybody in life. I get asked for a lot of things outside of um, with what I do, and I have to say no all the time. It's not that I like saying fucking no. I don't like it. But I have to because I do realize the more that I say yes, the more I'll get abused. You know, I had a tough decision to make recently. Um, somebody called me up and they wanted they wanted me to come help their event. And they were going to use my name to sell tickets. And that's exactly how, how it was put to me. We know that we'll sell this place out. And we want you to come do it, but we need you to do it for free. And that's exactly how it was. That's not even sugarcoating it. That's how it was proposed to me. So instead of me saying no, I gave them an ultimatum. I said, look, I'll do your event for free. I'll come and do what I do. I'm going to come do it for free. I was like, but you're going to donate X amount of dollars to my buddy, Louis Mulkey's foundation that helps kids go to college. And when I said that, it was like fucking crickets. And I never got that call back. I was willing to do the event for free. I was actually going to do it for free. I was just asking that they kindly donate money to a good cause. It wasn't going to go in my pockets. It was going to go to a very good cause to help children go to school. And if you listen to this and you want to donate to Lewis, my buddy Lewis Mulkey's foundation, hit me up. I'll get you the information. I've certainly donated to it. And it's a great cause. It's where we have the ability to send underprivileged kids to college. Um, Lewis was very ingrained into his community and helping, helping young kids. And fuck, it's a wonderful thing. So maybe sometimes you say no, but give people an alternative to your no. And that's, that's what I started doing now. It's like, okay. Cause you get a lot of that, man. You get a lot of people that they come to you with their hat in hand and, and this is any business. This isn't just my business. There's a lot of people that will exploit the living shit out of you. And I learned this and I learned this in the comedy world too. Um, and I learned it in other businesses that I did. Everybody, everybody wants your time. You, look, you're not paying from a service. You're paying for the time, right? And I think that's important for people to understand before they come begging for hat in hand from people. What do you expect this person to do? You expect them to leave their family and leave their state and leave like their their ability to make a living for their family so you can benefit from that think about what you're asking that person and it took me a long time to realize that because I'm telling you I used to try to I used to try to be the guy like hey call me uh, I would drive to fucking Mississippi for $25 don't I, I have done it before I've I've driven there for fucking free actually just for an opportunity to do what I like doing and people would use that and they're like, Hey, we know this, we know this kid will, will drive all the way out here for free. So why fucking pay him for his time? But that's all right. That brings me to the next to and to the last point that somebody made on Instagram the other day when we were doing a thing, no losses in life, just lessons. And when I was losing, I was really winning. And that's true. There are no losses in life. They're just lessons. And I learned the, I learned expensive lessons. I learned very, very, very hard that people will exploit you. They'll take advantage of you. They'll do anything they can. They'll come up with every fucking excuse why they shouldn't pay you what your, what your worth is, what your time is worth. 
And if I had any advice to give anybody, and this isn't, this is in life in general, recognize those people and don't be so giving. And that goes back to the episode that I talked about with time management, right? People will use your time against you and you only get so much of it. So you got to choose how you want to spend it. You got to choose who you want to donate it to. I'm all about donating. You know, um, I'm all about doing good things for people. But when we start talking about time, my most valuable commodity that I have, that's the one thing that that holds the most value to me is my time. And when you expect that for free, Better check yourself because I think people asking that of you is kind of a dick move. They're essentially saying they don't value your time. And you need to think about that moving forward in life. Be careful. Be careful who you give all your time to because you don't get it back. Whoo! All right. We're out of uh I starting to get deep, man. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get off on a tangent. <laughs> I gotta it's just, it just is sad though, man. Like I, I can sit here and, and I can run down a laundry list and look at things that I did in the past and just, and it just trying to, trying to do the best that I could, man. And people, people will exploit the shit out of that time. I can't tell you how passionate I am about your time. Um, listen, I hope that I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure this was a pretty good, pretty good episode. I feel good about it. You know, when I, when I hit record, I never know the feeling I'm going to get at the end of the day. Um, but I have a pretty good feeling about this one. Let me know your thoughts on it. Um, hit me up with any recommendations. Listen, I can't do I can't do it without you. So if you enjoy this podcast and you think that others may benefit from it, you have to tell them. There's the only that's the only way people are going to hear about this because the social media platforms are not letting me tell people. Okay, um, my book Create Your Own Light. It's also uh, it's for sale on Amazon. You can grab one there or you can get an autographed copy from me or personalized copy is what we call them. Um, I have a couple cases here in the office that I got to take out on the road with me. I'm happy to ship them to you and also have my no one gets left behind t-shirts with my new logo. So if you want some of those things, just shoot me a message. I'm easy, super easy to get a hold of. And, uh, just understand that if you order, when you hear this today, you may get your shipment two days from now or a week from now. It just depends. Cause if I'm at my farm, when you message me, it's going to be a couple days, but if I'm in town, I get them out right away. All right. You guys have been, been great. Uh, I have a lot of events coming up. So check my website, travishowls.com. Tell your friends about my Instagram, uh, and tell them to come on over and give me a follow. Cause no, look, normally I, I don't, I try not to do too many plugs and promotional things on here, but I do need your help and I need your help getting the word out. So Y'all come find me on Instagram. I love y'all and y'all be good. Bye.